Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Renee Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. I have a message tonight that I wanted to bring. I, um, I was going into my time preparing the sermon, and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to preach on Mary, the mother of Jesus, because that feels like a really appropriate message for Mother's Day. And I sat there, and I was praying, and I'm like, yes, this is going to be awesome. Nothing. Nothing. An hour and a half later, nothing. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll go to one of my fullback messages that I have in my mind that I haven't quite fleshed out yet. I sit there praying, nothing. <laughs> An hour later, nothing. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to speak on? Like, I, uh, I need you, Holy Spirit, to talk to me. And I felt like he dropped a word into my spirit. And that's what I'm going to be speaking on tonight. And the word is gatekeepers. And so I believe that there's some prophetic relevance uh, towards that, but I also believe that there's some teaching as well that the Lord wants us to, uh, to know and just have in our spirit so that A, we know our authority as gatekeepers, but B, we can be effective as gatekeepers. Amen. So I want to quickly pray. Um, Jesus, we ask that you come. We ask Holy Spirit that you would just be so present in every single person's home. God, that you would just invade right now. Yeah, we love you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you and we ask that you come and do what only you can do, Holy Spirit. We're so in awe of you. We're so in awe of you, our good, good Father. And Lord, I ask that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds to receive revelation from heaven tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So this is a message that is for all of the moms out there, but actually I believe that it's for every single believer. And I believe that we are called as believers in Jesus Christ to be gatekeepers. And where it gets specific for moms is I actually believe that moms, you are the gatekeeper to your home. You are the watchman of your home. You get to decide what comes in and what stays out. Do the dads get to do that too? Yes, definitely. But oftentimes it's the moms who spend the most amount of time with the kids and therefore we have this authority, this beautiful authority to be able to let into our homes the things of heaven and shut out the things are not of God. Amen. So this is for moms, but it's for every single believer. And I'm going to begin to talk about being gatekeepers in our homes, but also being gatekeepers to our city. And when you break a city down, a city is just a bunch of homes in close proximity. So when I talk about, you know, taking keys and opening gates for our city, it all starts in the home. Amen. You take homes and you take a city. Okay. And the Lord dropped this into my spirit. He said, Renee, whoever controls the gate controls the city. Whoever controls the gate controls the city. And we know this to be true because all throughout the Old Testament, the Lord would say, I will give you the gates of your enemies' cities. And specifically in Genesis 22:17, he says this, Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven 
and the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. When you possess the gate, you possess the city. Amen? So before we can really get into talking a lot about the roles of gatekeepers and and what I believe is um, just tools to become more effective gatekeepers, first as believers, I think that we just need a deeper revelation of the authority that we carry. And, um, you know, unless we know our authority, then we don't know that we actually have the power to bind things here on earth that will be bound in heaven. Amen. And so it's important that as believers, we understand the spiritual authority that we possess. And in Ephesians, Paul prayed that the believers would grasp the depth and the breadth of their authority because he knew how important it was. He knew that in order for us to maximize our spiritual effectiveness as soldiers in God's army, that we had to know two things, that we were men and women under authority, but we were also men and women who carried authority. Amen? And we know that we are under the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. We know that. But he commissioned us with a call here on earth. He commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. And in order to do that, we must carry authority. And it's authority that we get from heaven. I want to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And we all know this. I feel like in revival culture, this is like our go-to scripture. It's like one of my personal all-time favorite scriptures. It's where Jesus says this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. See, we need to constantly be praying for greater revelation of our authority. We need to be praying for wisdom on what to do with the authority that we've been given. I love Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to, ev- and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. He didn't say I've given you authority to overcome some of the enemy's tactics. He didn't say, I've given you authority so you can be a doormat to the enemy's schemes. He said, I have given you authority to overcome all that the enemy will throw at us. Every single tactic, every single battle, he has given us authority, amen, to win and to overcome. And that is good news for all of us. So we have the authority the role of a gatekeeper. So gatekeepers at first, um, I don't know why, maybe it was just because I was mixing up scriptures and it kept talking about the elders at the gate, but I just assumed that gatekeepers was kind of like this passive role. And it was really kind of just a bunch of old men who have retired from the army, um, just sitting there like reminiscing about the good old days when they were warriors. And I just kind of have like this... (laughs) This mental image of just these men just chit-chatting at the gate. Um, But I actually am very wrong. (laughs) And the more I began to look into the role of gatekeepers, the more wrong I realized I I was. 
So those who were chosen as gatekeepers were some of the strongest warriors in the kingdom. And they often had throughout scripture these words associated with them. Trusted, alert, able and strong, chief men and governors of their father's homes. So moreover, gatekeepers of the temple were Levites. They were consecrated to God to do the work of the Lord. So we are consecrated by the Lord to do his work as gatekeepers. We are strong. We have authority. We are able. Amen. We are not passive. We are not passive standers by who just will let anything in and let anything out of our city. We are active. We are proactive and we are alert so that we can say to the enemy, you can't come any further. We are not going to let him into our homes and into our city. But we can fling wide the gates for heaven. Amen. We can fling wide the gates for Holy Spirit to invade our city. And that is what we want to do. You can look more into some details in 1 Chronicles 26, 1 through 19, where it talks about the people and their roles as gatekeepers. Where do we come in? Where do we come in? Because our role as gatekeepers, like I said, it's gatekeepers of our homes, but it's gatekeepers of our city also. So how do we become effective gatekeepers? It's like anything, the battle is won in the heavenlies. Amen? So it matters where we are positioned. And we become more effective gatekeepers when we are positioned within the gates of heaven. In Psalm 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We know this scripture so well. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. There's a couple of things from this scripture that I wanted to touch on tonight um, just to help us position ourselves within the gates of heaven so that we can be more effective gatekeepers here on earth. Amen. And the first one is thankfulness. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I actually am not going to spend a lot of time on this subject because I feel like we cover this one a lot. It's such a core value of our house to be thankful. Um, we love teaching our kids to be thankful. Amen. But thanksgiving isn't just a position of our hearts. We actually have to demonstrate it within our homes in order for our kids to replicate it. They learn from us, whether we like it or not, they're learning our good traits and our bad traits. Jesus, help us. <laughs> but they are, our children become reflections of who we are. And we need to teach them how to live with thankful hearts. You know, when we, I've, I've said this story a number of times, so for those of you who have heard it, pretend like you haven't, um, but I'm going to keep saying this story probably for all my days, but I remember this one time when we were a brand new church and we were meeting in this little tiny camp, this Christian camp with this little auditorium and we were meeting in there holding services on a Sunday afternoon and it was so fun. Um, it was one of those seasons that we look back and it's very nostalgic for us and it's just such a part of who we are. But it was, we weren't there for very long. Uh, we outgrew it pretty quickly. But I remember um, I was preaching a sermon in that place and 
we had just been given a microphone. Ta-da! Like this, like microphone. No diamond, stud, microphone, just a microphone. And I tell you what, you would have thought that we had just been given a million dollars because we took that service and we gave thanks <laughs> for that microphone. We gave thanks, and I remember inviting our congregation into this place of being thankful for the small beginnings because we knew we were just beginning. And we also knew that it was key to be thankful in that season to prepare us for the next season. Amen. And so we were like cheering. And like I said, you would have walked into that building thinking they've just been given everything. <laughs> and we had been given a microphone. We had a microphone. I know that is not a big deal to some people. But for us, it was just the beginning. And we were so thankful. Can I tell you that we are moving into trying to find a place for Bethel Austin to call home? We are entering into this really beautiful and fun season of finding a permanent home for Bethel Austin. And in the last month, we've been given over $200,000 towards that place. We have a long way to go, but I tell you what, that $200,000 is like $200 million to us. And I tell you what, we are so excited. And I just could not stop saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe that some of that harvest is due to the seed that we sowed in thankfulness back when we were thankful for a microphone. See, you just give God a little bit of thankfulness and he can't wait to pour out the heavens. He can't wait to open up the storehouses of heaven and pour blessing upon you. But it all starts with being thankful and having a thankful heart. Amen. The next part of that scripture, and to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I want to talk about praise for a little bit. Let us praise loudly and constantly. Praise is not dictated by our mood and it is not dictated by our personality. When David said in Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mind. He didn't say that. His praise shall continually be in my heart. I shall silently meditate on it. It doesn't say any of those. It says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Does God know that we praise him in our hearts and in our minds? Yes, he does. But he is a speaking God. He is a God that chose to create the universe through his word. And so we get to give him praise as a gift to him. But let us not be silent in our praise. Let us not be silent in our praise. Let our kids be able to grow up saying, I constantly heard praise fill my parents' mouths. I learned how to praise because of my parents, not because of my Sunday school teachers, not because of a sermon that was preached on a Sunday or because of my teachers, but my parents continually had praise in their mouth. 
And how will they learn if we don't speak it out? God is a talking God. I love the centurion. He's one of my favorite characters. He's faith. Um, I mean, it's just something that you want to emulate. And I just love how he says this. He says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He didn't say, Jesus, if you could just think about healing my daughter, if you could just meditate on it for a little bit. He said, just speak and it will be done. And the Lord tells us in Proverbs that there is death and life in our tongue. There is the power of death and life in our tongue. And so let's not use it to cause death, but let us use it to proclaim life. Amen. Let's praise. Let us be famous in our homes and in our city for praising. And sometimes I know this to be true for myself. Sometimes I just don't feel like it. <laughs> I'm not really in the mood. And other times I'll be like, oh, I just want to be contemplative. I just want to meditate. And there is place for all of that. And stillness and quietness is a beautiful thing before the Lord. But we need to get rowdy. We need to get loud with our praise. We need to be like David in singing our praises to God and let our praise continually fill our mouths. Amen? We don't want to be silent. We don't want to be silent. I tell you what, I believe that the courts of our king is not a silent place. I believe that when we enter into his courts with praise, that we will find ourselves in a thriving, bustling, noisy place that is filled with life and worship and praise and honor to our king. We don't enter into his courts meekly. We don't enter in with our tail between our legs. We enter in proclaiming the goodness of our God out loud. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to be known in your family, to your friends, in your place of business. I want to challenge you to be known as someone who continually has praise in their mouth. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Did you know that we as believers, as children of God, we have the beautiful honor and privilege of blessing God? Did you know blessing is a two-way street? See, I think we're so busy trying to be blessed by God sometimes that we forget that we have the ability to bless Him. And we can bless Him with our thankfulness and with our praise. We can bless Him with our time. We can bless Him with our obedience. We can bless Him with our finances. You know, when times get hard and money gets tight, we cry out and we're like, God, bless our finances. But do we bless him with our finances? Because blessing is a two-way street. 
And do we bless him not only when we have finances to spare, but do we bless him when we don't even know where our next meal is coming from? See, it's the first thing that we will cry out for, but oftentimes the first thing that we withdraw. And sometimes I feel like God is like, if you would just bless me with your finances, I can't wait to pour out heaven. But it's such a key. It is such a key for us to learn. And I love what Megan said. Kids learn generosity from us. And we learn generosity from our Father. And there is no one more generous than our God. Amen. You know, um, we may have missed it a little bit in Western culture, but dignitaries, when they come to meet another dignitary, they don't come empty-handed. They don't come empty-handed. 1 Peter 2.9 says that we are a royal priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. So we are dignitaries. We are dignitaries who have the honor of coming before the king of kings. Does he need something from us? No. He doesn't need anything from us. But we get to give him a gift. We get to bless him. Not because he needs it, but because we can. We get to bless God. See, if someone invites you over for dinner, you don't just show up empty-handed. You say, what can I bring? Right? If not, your mama should have taught you better. (laughs) But it's a sign of manners. It's a sign of honor and respect that we ask, hey, you're inviting me to your home. What can I bring? And see, God opens up his home for us every single day. He gives us access to his presence. And our first response should be, what can we bring? What can we bring to honor you, King Jesus? You know, in 1 Kings, I think we all know this story, but I'm going to read it from the Bible. Turn there, if you will. It's 1 Kings 10.10. And we all know this story again, but it's about the queen of Sheba, how she comes to visit Solomon. It says this, then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, spices and 20 talents, oh, in great quantity and precious stones. There never again came such an abundance of spice as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. We skip down to verse 13. Now King Solomon gave the queen. Did you see that? When she came before the king, She didn't come bringing him something that he needed. He was the wealthiest king in the land. But she came bearing gifts all the same. And in return, it says this, Now King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba all she desired. Whatever she asked, whatever she asked, all that she desired, he gave to her. Because she came bearing a gift, not out of need, but out of honor. And we get to do the same. We get to stand in the gates of heaven and bless our king. But blessing, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Let's not come empty-handed to our king. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be known in heaven as someone who extravagantly gives all that I can to God. I don't want to hold anything back. Whatever he asks for, I want to give to him. I want to live my life with open arms, not keeping control of things that he created and made in the first place. I want to be known as extravagant in my worship, as extravagant in my praise, as extravagant in the way that I bless the Lord. I don't want to just come and consume. See, when we come to God with a list, a prayer list of needs and wants, we just dive straight in. Well, Jesus, thank you for taking time this morning. This is what I need. Blah, 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 blah. Sometimes he'll do it, but it's not super honoring, right? And if someone just came into your home and just started asking you for a bunch of stuff, you'd kind of be like, what is going on? I want to be an extravagant giver. I want to bless God. And I want him to be blessed by me. We get to teach our kids as moms how to bless God. We get to teach them how to bless them with our finances, with our time, with our obedience. We get to be the gatekeepers of our home. See, what you pray into your home, you pray into your city. So are you praying for revival in your home? You know, likewise, what we don't let in is just as powerful. Are we going to take a stand on the things that we believe in? Or are we just going to allow them to come in and take over our city and home? I don't know about you, but I don't want to go down without a fight. (laughs) I'm not going down without a fight. And I will make sure that every single demon who tries to torment my kids, who tries to get inside my house, that they know that they picked the wrong girl to fight. And same goes with my city. Austin, Texas is my city. It is my city. It is the promised land that I believe God called me to. It is my city and it is my responsibility as a believer in Jesus to take God at the gates and monitor what comes in and what doesn't. We are the protectors of our city. And you are the protector of your city. And we can't just idly sit by and just think, oh, that's for the 80-year-old intercessor ladies. No. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then you're a gatekeeper to your city. And we need to pray like we are gatekeepers to our city. Amen? You know, I remember, um, I remember when we first moved to Austin, and I said to God, I had a list of people. I had a list of people, and I was like, God... I am praying them in. I know that other people here in Austin have done the same thing. But I was like, I'm praying them in. One by one, these people (laughs) will come to Austin. (laughs) 
No spiritual manipulation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I was so intent on bringing godly believers and people into this city that I wrote names down on a list. And can I tell you that every single one of them is here. Every single one of them has moved from a different state and is now here in Austin. Obviously, <laughs> the Lord wanted them here too. <laughs> And he spoke to them and they have their own journeys on how they got here. But I am certain my prayers may not have been the be all and end all for that decision, but they played a part in it. They played a part in it. And as a result, my family gets to do family and ministry together. I prayed in our grandparents because I'm like, I want uh, grandparents for my babies. <laughs> I prayed in my brother and sister-in-law. I'm like, I need family. <laughs> I prayed in my best friend and her family. And I tell you what, I prayed in almost every single person on our core team leadership. I prayed them in. I put their names on paper and I prayed them in. And we need to get intent. We need to get intent on praying things into our city. I feel like I say this very humbly, but I believe that we as a community at Bethel Austin, that we are not going to shut the gates on a move of God. I believe that we're not going to shut the gates on revival coming to our city. But you know, opening gates is not a passive stance. We can't just stand at the gate and say, well, if you want to come in, come in. God, if you want to move here, then you can. He doesn't need our permission. But opening a gate is not passive. So what does it look like for us to be gatekeepers of revival for our city? When was the last time your mascara ran all the way down your neck and drenched your shirt? When was the last time you had an imprint on your face from the carpet? Because we get the honor of praying in revival, not just letting it happen, but ushering it in. And that is not a passive stance. That is not a passive stance. There are some things that have taken place in this city in the past, a movement that removed prayer from school. And I don't know about you, but I'm in this city now. This is my city now. And I tell you what, I am not going to let that into our city. I am going to pray. I am going to worship. I am going to be thankful. I am going to have praise on my lips. And I'm going to come and bless the Lord. And I'm going to learn how to sit within the gates of heaven. I'm going to learn to be a daughter of his presence. Because that's where it changes. It's all in the spirit. We know this. We don't fight against flesh and blood. But the fighting takes place on our knees. And I want us to be a people who are not only found within the gates of heaven. Yes, that's amazing. That's what we want. That is eternity. That is what we have our eyes fixed on. 
But I want to get to heaven. I, I want to be able to say, not on my watch. That didn't come into our city on my watch. And just as likewise, I want to be able to say, that move of God that happened in 2020 in Austin, that lasted centuries, I was the gatekeeper on Judy. And I didn't just sit, sit there and let it come in. I flung open those gates and I prayed and I worshipped that move of God into my city. But like I said in the beginning, cities, they're just a bunch of homes in close proximity. So if we want to usher in a move of God into our city, then we need to usher in a move of God in our homes. I don't know about you, but like I dream of the day that my kids are like, I don't feel like watching shows today. I just want to speak in tongues for 20 minutes. Wouldn't that be a miracle? I seriously am praying and believing for that. <laughs> I am believing for the day when my three-year-old will prophesy to me. I am believing for the day that my hunger would be so stirred by the passion in my six-year-old's eyes. I am praying in the day where my seven-year-old will preach to me and bring revelation from heaven. I am praying for the gates of my home to be open to heaven so that the gates of my city will be open to revival. Amen. Like I said, I believe that this is a significant message for moms. I believe that it's a message for all believers, but moms... You are the gatekeeper to your home. You're the worship leader that your kids see every day. You're the praise team. You're the ministry team. You're it. You're the pastor. You're the teacher. You're the prophet. You're the evangelist. You're the apostle. You're it. I don't say this to diminish the role of a husband and of a dad because they have some of those same roles and other ones that are equally as important. But moms, you are the gatekeeper to your home. You're the gatekeeper to your home. And let us be a group of moms who look the devil in the face and say, you picked the wrong moms to mess with. <laughs> you picked the wrong home to mess with. You picked the wrong kid to mess with. And you know, the beauty of us being positioned in heaven is we got a big dad. I don't know about you, but when I was like six, I thought my dad was like six foot nine. Turns out he's not even six foot. <laughs> but I thought that he was the biggest <laughs> man I had ever seen in my life. I was like, my daddy's bigger than yours. <laughs> but we get to say that. And we get to walk in a confidence when we are within the gates of heaven, where we get to look we get to look a fear in the face and get to say, our daddy is bigger than yours. My dad's got my back. Have you seen my dad? I mean, I don't mean to boast, but he kind of made the world. He kind of made the universe that you're standing in. We got a good dad and a big dad. And so when those gates get a little bit too heavy for us to close on our own, <laughs> or when they get a little bit too heavy for us to pull open. We have a dad 
who with a single whisper will blow open those gates or slam them shut. We don't have to do this on our own, but there is a part that we play. There is a part that we play as gatekeepers to our home and to our city. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you all with that. And I would just love for you to take time this coming week just to begin to praise him out loud in your home and get your kids to join in, get everyone to join. If you don't have kids, that's okay. Get your roommates to join in, get your grandkids to join in. Let praise echo through our cities this week. Amen. Amen. Moms, we love you. You're doing an amazing job. You are doing an amazing job, and you got this. We got this. I need to tell myself that sometimes. We got this. <laughs> we got this. There's a poem that I have from a friend of mine. She says this. No angel has had the honor, nor any man. But women are the sustainers of life here on earth. You are the sustainer of life here on earth, mums. I want to bless you all. And I just want to close in some time of prayer. Oh, Jesus, you're so good to us. You are so good to us, God. And Lord, we just ask for the backing of heaven to be with us. I ask mo that moms would get a revelation as to the importance and the eternal significance of the role that they are playing, that they are just not here as babysitters, God. They are not just here to raise good kids, but they are here to lead a movement. They are here to raise up a generation that will become gatekeepers of our cities and our nations. And so I thank you, God, that even on the tough days, that you give us the eternal perspective that what we do matters in heaven, that heaven is behind our mission. And Lord, I ask for your goodness to just fall upon us, God. And I ask that we would be known as a people of praise, that heaven would gather and look to the city of Austin and say, who are those people? We have never heard such praise come from a group of people. Lord, let it be so. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We love you, Bethel Austin, and we can't wait to be with you again next week. So join in for our live stream. We're going to be having uh, Candace and Brian Simmons, and I'm so excited. If you don't know Dr. Brian Simmons, he's the translator of the Passion Translation. And when he talks, like your mind will be blown. Like I have to stop and just process every few minutes what he's saying because it is gold, and you are not going to want to miss it. We love you. Stay safe. Happy Mother's Day, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.